Welcome to the Noir Professionals. I'm Sam. And I'm Siobhan. And today we are talking about current events or are we talking shit? You decide. Right? Siobhan? It's a lot of shit talking. <laughs> <laughs> much, that is no right. Facts. But I'm pretty sick. Nothing like that. So this Not week I was in, uh, this weekend I was in um, New Jersey. And um, yes, yes, I'm so excited to have her. Yeah, I was visiting Siobhan and we did a lot of uh, great things, fun things. And some of that was we went to go see the movie Joker. So um, we wanted to kind of talk about that, uh, how we, our thoughts, like right after we saw it, Siobhan, we had like a lot of thoughts. We definitely, definitely had a lot of thoughts. And uh, we're not intending on, we're not going to do any spoilers, I don't think. I don't think so, but you know, itself. some people get like yeah. crazy with that. They're like, they're right. not- we're, we're not talking about the movie. Mm-hmm. I think we'll talk. We're not. We're not talking about like the scenes. More or less, like everyone's already aware that it, before we went to the movies, we heard like this is a deep movie. It's gonna make you think, kind of thing. Right. So I think you know that's kind of where we're coming from. Like, it is a deep movie. It's interesting how. You know, it. We all know. I think it's safe to say he has a mental health issue. You know, what? That's so interesting, Sam. That you say that. I didn't know that. You know what I mean? Like, so I feel like different people are bringing different things. Before I saw this one, I never knew that the Joker had a mental issue. I thought that he was just legitimately a bad guy, and that's why he was doing the things that he was doing. Not that there was a mental situation oh, going yeah. on. Well, it was always when you when you're watching you following the comic, he always had that that bad life, that bad growing up. Like, I don't know. We were gonna watch while I was in Siobhan's. We were gonna try to find the 1989 Joker or Batman and try to watch that. But there's like I think in several Batman's Joker's talking about why he smiles, you know. Um, and it wasn't a good story because I remember in the 1989 one, Nick Jack Nicholson, he had literally pasted or painted a smile on his face, you know, where he was always smiling all the time. It like some kind of surgery was done. I think it was like I think in the 1989 movie, he fell into some chemicals and he just smiled all the time exactly so that's like i just rocked out with that i was like either somebody cut his face or the chemical thing and i never gave it any other thought Mm -hmm. that something else was going on then you fast forward to keith heath ledger's playing of the joker and i think that we have an obvious sign of mental health there i'm really curious what happened there so like I was telling Sam and, you know, my family when we went last night, I never really followed Batman like that. So I don't know all the ins and outs. But Sam, I think now you saying that that brings up a really good point. Like what happened with Heath and trying to get in character for this role that it like actually led him down a spiral? Or did he overdose on something? Like, I'm not really sure what happened, but it's like the fact that he was studying the mental illness so closely and then kind mm-hmm. of got caught up in it. I think that just says a lot. Um and on that note, I yeah, think that Joaquin Phoenix, acting. yeah, Joaquin Phoenix did a phenomenal job of getting mm-hmm. in character for that role. Even just the physicality, like of his body and his voice, was yeah. just like, oh my gosh, that's Joaquin Phoenix! Like he looks crazy. 
<laughs> so I think he definitely did a really good job. And I think, at least for me, and I had read an article um, somewhere, so I don't have a link for it, but I just remember reading it and it was saying how, you know, we don't need another story that makes us feel bad for people that end up doing the wrong thing. But it's like, if you guys go and see this movie, it's like you just can't help but feel bad for him and I don't know if I'm the only Mm -hmm. one but I felt like I could kind of just relate to sometimes life just beats the crap out of you and it's like one thing after another you know and it's like oh my gosh you know all of us are really just one terrible thing away from you know a breakdown yeah yeah I think we even said that like we're all too a bad day away from being the next joker (laughs) But in real talk, yeah. though, like as I was thinking about something you said with Heath Ledger. Well, so I definitely in this movie saw some of Heath in Joaquin. That, you know, oh, I think okay. like I, I saw some of Heath's acting mannerisms in some of the things Joaquin was doing in some parts of it. Because Heath just played a phenomenal, crazy person. And... um. It was kind of cool because with with but I'm not even going to talk about this Joker right now. I'm just going to go on to Heath Joker. When he played the Joker, he brought out, I think, a lot of things we didn't think about because we were so over- consumed with the fact that he died during the making of the movie. But he brought mm-hmm. out some really good points, like when he was talking about anarchy um, and his thoughts on anarchy. Because mm-hmm. I really was like, he's kind of true. Both of them, this Joaquin guy and Heath, were kind of like chaos brings, you know, what what we need the chaos. So he was just trying to do his part, so to speak, Heath Ledger, mm-hmm. to, you know, fulfill parts of societal's social functioning. Chaos brings forth different things. It brings forth goodness and bad. So he hmm. was a child, Heath Ledger a child of anarchy really you need a bad guy to get a good guy right and that's what you mean that when he was searching for his character because this is very interesting to me like again i said i don't have a background in like the batman series and all that so was Heath ledger saying that he himself was a child of anarchy or that's how he was developing his character of the joker no he those were lines in the movie oh see i I never saw that one so i'm so see there yeah (laughs) you know it's like i wanted to see the new joker because you know working kind of in the field that i work in i was just very interested to see a different take on you know mental health and like other areas Mm -hmm. of mental health because i don't work with people that have mental health issues like that but you know so i don't have any background but i think what you said and i'm kind of at a loss it's like something i want to think about more right now is that but anarchy brings forth both good and bad things and that we need it and i'm like hmm is that necessarily true do we really need anarchy and chaos to bring forth good things um i think well, that's yeah. a really interesting concept think about it that's what i said when i was like well, i was like wow you know i thought that was a little profound um, but we were so we kind of glossed over it. Like he, like Heath Ledger and his acting of Joker probably said a ton more stuff that was more profound than this entire movie of Joker. But we really? were just so consumed with the fact that he died 
that we just wanted to support him, you know, but he was just really full of little nuggets. Um, yeah, because, you know, like you, you have that concept of light and dark, you know, like you need the light to see the dark you need the dark to see the light kind of thing. It is the truth. Like without knowing there's bad, how do you know there's good? It, it's a, it's a larger concept and a larger conversation of philosophy that, uh, I'm not sure we want to go into. Right, because I'm like, anarchy is such a large area of things. Do I think we need good and bad? There's a balance? Yes, but just anarchy? It's like, I would prefer not. (laughs) But it's like, I understand because I guess it depends on, you know, what you're looking at. Because some people would say like, in the movie Joker, the way that the system was working and they were trying to say that, not Bruce Wayne, because Bruce Wayne is Batman, but what's his dad's name? Mr. Wayne, we'll call him. You know, that he has, like, he's rich and he's for this elite class and, you know, Joker and the regular people of Gotham are trying to make a change. You could easily say, like, that's what's going on in Hong Kong right now, right? And depending on what side that you're looking at, it's anarchy. You know, those people in Hong Kong don't want to have the laws that are going on from mainland China with oh, the possibility of right. extraditing people from, you know, Hong Kong to Beijing right. if they're speaking right. out against the Chinese government. So it's like, hmm. So I get what you're saying yeah. because it's like somebody yeah. has to I stand mean, up and, and that, do the right thing. Whole, well, that whole situation has even come to Western the western side of civilization Mm -hmm. you know we're even aware of it i mean it takes something terrible happening to shine light on it sometimes you know um look at i mean let's go back to civil rights movement with emmett till and the um blowing up of the church with the three little girls you know all Mm -hmm. those terrible things were i think the crux of and the turning point aside from rosa parks martin luther king etc of the civil rights movement because when people saw emmett till's body you know it was like this is the savage nature of our society right now we need to do better you know um but it took that young boy going through that terrible terrible death in order to shine light on a situation that we obviously knew we wanted to end, you know? Right. Sometimes what brings the grassroots movement or the good thing to make the things change and and that's what Heath Ledger's whole character was kind of about. Which was way very, different very from Jack Nicholson's character. Yeah, because right, Jack which, Nicholson again, is just a bad guy. Like, he just... I can't speak to it because, like I said yesterday, I thought all the Batmans from the 90s were for little kids, and apparently they were not. (laughs) So, I don't know, but what I want to kind of ask you about, too, is, yeah, I was like, you know know why? Because I remember, like, Poison Ivy and Jim Carrey, and they had all, like, this crazy hair. And so, to me, it just looked like, in memory, like a Power Ranger episode or something. Like, they were dressed up so much like characters, and it was, to me, such a difference from that 1989 Batman that was serious and that I think was more in line with like Christian Bale's Batman that I was just like oh this mm-hmm. one is for kids but do you think in this movie that they did a fair portrayal of people that have mental health illnesses not really because there's a spectrum you know 
and not everyone mm-hmm. is looks like this guy you know mm-hmm. not everyone looks like him he is rare that that kind of mental health is is not uh the norm mental health illnesses range i mean i have a mental health illness anyone who's suffering from seasonal depression anyone suffering from any kind of anxiety depression you know you could be classified on a spectrum of mental health illnesses mm-hmm. but we're functioning right. um and able to go through life the the issues that he had they aren't normal you know on on the spectrum of it they're far to the right side or whatever the you know more extreme side mm-hmm. is on the spectrum of mental ser- serious persistent mental illnesses and nowadays mm-hmm. even they have an opportunity to you know um have a better quality of life than i think this guy had back in those days be- just because the pharmaceutical companies you know the pharma has changed and we are now understanding the brain more where we can actually create drugs that are targeting the parts of the brain that have the chemical imbalance and trying to bring that balance back up to a therapeutic level and um, get those folks, those individuals who are on the extreme side, some normalcy. You know, they may never be able to live independently, but I think it's better that yeah things have definitely come a long way i think that it's an accurate depiction and that it's an accurate depiction of somebody that's that far gone but like samantha is saying um it's a spectrum everybody's not that far gone um there is a character in the movie and while we were watching my brother is like i don't think she's there and i was like no she is there she's real um and then it turns out and to kind of keep the spoiler back that we were kind of both right and i think that that depiction right there explains mental illness so well they're on like a delicate balance between reality and falsehood what's there and what's not there and he says in his notebook he says the hardest part about mental illness is that everybody expects you to act like you're okay i think that's 100 percent spot on you know everyone likes to send out these um messages on facebook and you know, talking about self-care and, you know, suicide prevention hotlines and things like that for people dealing in mental illness. But at the end of the day, I feel like our society is really like, okay, take your medicine, contribute to society, get over yourself, right? I feel like we don't give people time to truly feel what they're feeling and support them through that, you know, because I think that's kind of what happened to him. Because, I mean, that worker that he had i don't think she was appropriate for him like he said even if the system would have continued and she could have kept providing service i don't think she was listening to him (laughs) the way he needed to be listened to and given feedback you know so i think that's also a pretty fair commentary on our society right now people are so overloaded with clients that it's just kind of like okay this one next this one next and that's a problem with the system and how people have you know glaring mental health issues sometimes slip through the system true i mean i can agree with that part if you're but if if you the only caveat is like i don't want people to look at folks who are categorized as a mental health case or illness or whatever that they're on the same page as this guy you know same page as this movie 
This is a far extreme. This is a very far extreme. This guy has what we call a serious persistent mental illness. It's not something that is, you know, oh, we can try to get you therapeutic. He's going to need constant care. It is going to be persistent throughout his entire life. You know, it's not something he should have ever been independent with to begin with. Like, these are the folks that you see civilly committed for their own safety and the safety of others. Um, So in today's world, I think we have a better handle on this because we see those folks in our jails. And I know there's been a lot of jail reform out there that is trying to actually, as soon as you get put into jail, they do a mental health test on you because they need to know where Mm -hmm. you are so they can know where to place you in the jail. Because you don't want to place someone who's currently seeing things you know, in a cell with someone right. and they kill them, you know? So as soon as you get in the jail, they do do a mental health test on you. They ask you, so it may be, depending on what jail you're going into, it may be f- serious, like a 15 question thing where they bring in a s- social worker that's always on staff. If you have that kind of money, otherwise it's the jailer saying, are you seeing any people? Are you hearing anything? Yada, yada, yada. But they do do that because we have realized that there is a mental health awareness that we need to be aware of inside of our criminal justice system. So once they categorize you where you should be placed in custody, they also begin services at that point. So those folks who need medication, that's why they have doctors now in the jails to provide the medication continuously. So if they are in jail and they are on several severe medications for these severe persistent mental illnesses, the jail will pick the tab up and get them evaluated as soon as possible so that they have continuity and care so that those illnesses can stay at bay. If we know that they are off meds, we then pick up and bring them to, we take them, they take them rather, not me, but I've worked in this world for, I used to work in this world. Um, they transport them to the psych ward. They don't let them stay in custody and they hold them there. So there is a bigger push on mental health illnesses. So so we see these folks in our jails because they're out there committing crime like this joker. Um, and they be it on, I'm not, I don't think it's on the same scale, of course, you know, but on some right. petty, petty theft, petty this, petty whatever. But once they're in there, we, the criminal justice system has stepped up quite a bit to um, identify these individuals and make sure they have a continuity in care and we don't lose them in the system per se. Now, Siobhan, you made a good point. Is like the caseload for the social workers that do these intake services that come mm-hmm. in because after they do a screen, the jailer, because they may come in at midnight you know, nobody's at work, then the PO and or the social worker comes in, they do another screening if they can, the intake person. And so there we are trying, I think, as a criminal justice system. And this is because you guys are like, how does she know? Well, I have a law degree and I have been working in this field for a while. But as a criminal justice system, we have, um, you know, stepped up so people like Joker can get some help before it becomes an issue. One of the things that we didn't see in this movie was Joker did not have a criminal record. So that was interesting that he didn't commit crimes until he killed, started killing people. He had a break. He absolutely had a break. But do you think overall you would recommend this movie for people to go see? 
Yes, absolutely. It definitely, like we going into it, we had already been told by several people, this is a movie that'll make you think. And um, it definitely is a movie that makes you think. And if you're in this world, it kind of makes you more like, yes, we are going in the right direction with trying to focus on mental health and how that looks in the criminal justice system and how we treat the individuals who have mental health issues that are documented versus how we treat individuals who don't have any documented mental health illnesses that come across the criminal justice system. So I was very happy in some respects to see, because knowing being at ground zero before on trying to push these mental health reforms in the jail systems, um, that we've come quite a long way with this. But like the Siobhan said, the social workers are overwhelmed and it is likely you'll have a social worker that does the exact same thing this social worker did. That's still a problem. I think for me, I would definitely recommend the movie. But what I thought was interesting, um, and Sam, I'd like to get your opinion because you're actually a parent and I am not. I did see some kids in there that were like maybe 13, 14. I don't know if it's an appropriate movie kids. for kids. Oh, <laughs> right? Which is like I was just confused. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I was like, somebody. Those kids were kids. bad. You know the kids I'm talking about? They're bad kids. I <laughs> yes, was like, I don't kids. Those kids whooping. were naughty, okay? But I'm saying in the audience, yes. do you think that this was a movie for kids? And do you think that it could bring about mm-hmm. valuable discussion about, um, you know, mental health and how to handle it? Or do you think it was just too much? I feel like our society kind of like blurs the lines between like what's for kids what's for teenagers because i don't know i feel like the right teenager might be able to handle it but then i feel like the kids that were in there were maybe too young i um i don't know i don't think that this was a good movie for kids to go see and while i think that it will definitely add some discussion to a family discussion i don't think it's appropriate if you don't have the mental health background to have a proper discussion like you and i worked in i worked in the field you work in the field we can have a discussion and it comes from a place of you know inform information whereas a normal typical family whose job is not to work with these uh clientele I think it more of a scare factor than anything, you know, because it's scary right. to know that people like this are walking around and, and f- from their point of view, I would imagine they're not aware of all the things that we do for these individuals to try to solve this problem before it becomes this grave. And so in their world, it's just another opportunity to just be afraid of something. Hmm. That's interesting. And you know what I think? Not a lot of my friends, but people that I'm close to work in these fields. So I feel like when I'm looking at my friend and acquaintance group, I would feel comfortable with them talking about it. Like nurses, psychiatric social workers, you know. So it's like, okay, (laughs) yes, these people are very appropriate to talk about this. But I never thought from the side like okay well the typical person how would they approach this because I feel like if you don't have any training or knowledge of like the mind and all of the things that can go wrong sometimes you just really aren't 
aware of that but i think it's always good to have conversations with your kids with your family members friends siblings like just to say hey you know if you need to run something by or this made you feel some kind of way like i'm here for you and if you see that they definitely need way more than you can provide then point them in the right direction you know i would encourage and we can definitely put this on our Facebook page, getting information from a qualified source. So before you have that discussion, I do that all the time. Like when my kids went through puberty, I was like, mm, don't know nothing about this. You know what I mean? So I had to um, go and get a book on that, you know, subject. How do you address that with your, your child? And in today's age there are many books given the situation that we have with the you know teenage mass shootings on how to address bullying and mental health awareness with children and I would suggest going to ask your pediatrician what information they suggest for you to have that discussion if they could recommend a book or an article do you think the typical person goes and reads these things before they talk to their kids? Probably not, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You need to, because <laughs> you want to make you want to. You don't want. You don't want to. Because I feel like <laughs> I feel like all the important talks that my parents had with me, they did not consult any kind of research. They were just like, "Girl, let me." T- you know, I don't I don't think that they did. I think they just tried to lead me the best that they could, but I don't think that they had like a plan on how they were going to do well, that. That's my suggestion and that's how I attack parenting is I try to read scholarly peer-reviewed articles that um have, you know, been vetted so we know that the information and the data is solid and use that information plus common sense plus the way I know my child interprets and understands information to have a discussion that is heavy like this this is not definitely not something I would have in the car with a child after a movie you know no 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 sit down and think about it no that's that's something different in the car you're going to talk about did you know I mean like if they were to go to the movie but you know I'm saying mental health type of thing um no but overall i definitely did like the movie i can say that i liked it more as i had more time to process it i think it's a lot of things coming at you and at first my very first reaction when it went off was what the hell did i just watch but i definitely (laughs) rec no that was my honest first reaction i was like really um (laughs) and that's just being honest but the more i think about it i'm like yes that was a quality film and i definitely will watch it again i'm not going to pay another 14 bucks for it but i will watch it again and i highly recommend um people go and see it um or wait till it comes out and rent it it's definitely a discussion piece um Mm -hmm. but between the dogs again i wouldn't have that discussion with the child until you talk to your pediatrician on how to approach it and again though 
it wouldn't even be children. Again, like I don't have kids and we're not telling you what to do. But if your child still requires a pediatrician, I don't think this is for them. You know, I know kids can go until they're 18. 18. Yeah, but (laughs) typically, you know, I'd say this is more for the 15 and older crowd. When I think pediatrician, I think the little guys. This is not for them. This 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 movie is not for anyone under 18 that because i don't think that anyone help anyone under 21 i just don't think they have the gray matter to process the information you know they just don't they have too Mm -hmm. much of it the gray matter they need to be able to really take a 360 view of it and and decode the information as presented not take it and try to do some insanity with it um, you know, like the other people did who followed him around, you know, and started to do the mm-hmm. things that he was doing. I can see a lot of people um, doing that because they don't have the proper tools and research and brain capacity to process it. You know, this guy's actually got a problem that we could probably help. We don't need to hurt, you know, go down and try to follow. It's not cool. It's not you know funny it's not you know what i mean like you get these kids that are 18 right. and they laugh at the stupidest shit you know like that's not funny mm-hmm. that's sad and they are inappropriate you know and i feel like right. this is one of those moments where they would be inappropriate with the uh information as presented and it just wouldn't be good i don't think i just think that you need to be able to process this information for what it is like this guy was sick like we're looking at it from our works lives, you know, look at it from someone who has no idea about anything. Like remember when you were 18? Wasn't that long ago. Mm. Were you thinking about mental health issues time. and awareness at 18? <laughs> or were you watching it because mm. you follow DC comics? You know what I mean? See, none of it. That's why I didn't even know that he had a mental illness in the first place. <laughs> So that was, I think I was aware of mental illness and what it was due to just like my experiences in life. But um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think, you know, everyone doesn't, everyone has different backgrounds, but I have, you know, a background in knowledge personally and professionally in mental health. So I kind of always knew that there's some people that kind of teeter on that line between I'm okay and I'm not okay. Um, So I think it was a different experience for me. But even at 18, it was kind of like, that's not me. That's something that's happening over there, you know? But I think that's just how all teenagers are due to brain development. And appropriate, but then they also Thanks. are very immature. This is a very mature and complex movie, so I would, you know, definitely. I think even I don't even think that someone who's eighteen or under is going to enjoy it. There is no funny things that go boom or bam. You know, it's really a deep story. <laughs> so you look at the average 18 year old in dc comics marvel comics you know the in that arena they're looking for the wow factor and there is no wow factor in this movie there's just like boy whew. You know I mean? yeah there's it's no heavy witty it's definitely comments. heavy yeah there's no witty comments that you can you know write down there's no iron man who's flying around you know looking hot you know there's nothing like that there this is just a very deep deep movie i definitely will recommend it for an adult yeah i think so 
But as always, it is time to move along from our topic into our health section. Healthy. Happy. Human. human. And this week, we're going to be talking about balancing, you know, the holiday season and self-care with everything that's going on, you know, with this movie and what we're trying to talk about this month. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think something that's nice to balance um, holiday season is spending time with friends and family. So I feel like Sam came out here this week and I think this is what I should say. You have to be selective in the friends and family that you're deciding to spend time with if you're looking for like that endorphin rush and like I'm having a good time because some people just their energy and how they present will kind of drag you down. But I think Sam and I had a great time. We met with our friends. We were able to go to the museum, see lots of great things around New York City. So I would definitely recommend during this holiday season to try and spend some stress-free non-committed time with your friends and family when i say yes that you like and when i say non-committed i mean like where you're not obligated to do something you don't have to cook a dish you don't have to be somewhere at some certain time it's just we're hanging out and enjoying each other's company yeah. what do you think about that sam i agree and totally. what about mm-hmm. no i was gonna... as i say <laughs> you can go no no i wasn't saying anything uh, I was going to say, and what about self-care? What are some things that you like to do um, when the holidays come as part of self-care? So for me, I might read a book. Um, oh, yes. I know this now. <laughs> Siobhan learned how, how much I love to read. It's I could do it all day. Like it's my favorite thing to do. And I live in Arizona. Siobhan lives in New Jersey. So they actually have weather there. So it was <laughs> nice. I love that you say the weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was nice to curl up on her couch and just look out the window while it rained and um the leaves were turning and all these things and just read. Like I had a great time doing that. That was one of the days I just we just been like bumming around. So, you know what, Samantha, listening to you say that just made me think of something from our um, previous episode where we were talking about cuffing season. So now do you see why when the weather's like that, how nice it would be if Cuffing Bay was right in town and you could come cuddle on the couch together? What are you going to do when Cuffing Bay is across the country? It's like, no. But you know, I don't like anybody to be up under me like that. So She doesn't, but I do. I need Cuffing yes. Bay to be right here so we can look out the window at so the weather happy. together. <laughs> no, I was so happy to be sitting on that couch, curled up. All I needed was some hot chocolate, but I had cranberry juice, so I was like, cool. And I didn't even put vodka in it. It was like early, so I was like, okay, no drinking. And so then all I needed, though, like that was the day. Like I had such a good day. And I know like Siobhan and, and mom and, and everyone was like, oh, what the heck? Is Sam going to read the entire book today? And I'm just like, yes, if I can, you know. <laughs> so it's like, me, listen. Yes. For me, self-care I've, on a holiday is like I usually take that day off. I won't write. I won't work. I will just do something like mom was saying, mindless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes. I just would do something mindless, read a good book, watch a good movie or series or something like that. 
And you know what I think it's important too, and like what I really want to try and share with our listeners um, as we approach as we approach the holiday season is self-care does not have to be expensive and extravagant. Right. It can totally be a free event. I feel like in the culture that we have today, that self-care automatically equates to, I went to a fancy brunch and I have fancy food and champagne and then we went to the spa. All of those things are great. Sammy and I definitely spent some money this weekend enjoying ourselves, but that's not the only way that you can be good to yourself. I'm really big on journaling, and I think that's a great way to practice self-care, gratitude, um, write down what you're thankful for. Sometimes when you look at all the things that you do have and you kind of break that cycle of just everything in my life is going wrong, this is terrible, this is terrible, that can really help put um, some things into perspective for you. And also, I think a really big self-care um, component that a lot of people, myself, overlook is just rest. We are a society of I need to be doing something at all times. And sometimes what you need right. is just rest. Um, so that's what we have this week for health. Um, we're definitely looking forward to hearing from you guys and what you do to um, maintain your sanity during this time of year. And moving right along to my favorite thing to always talk about is money. Leaning into growth and ways to save money. So I just want to share with everyone the wonders of Groupon. Groupon is so phenomenal. Like we definitely looked up Groupon this weekend with Sam was here and we didn't actually end up doing the event, but we were going to be able to save a few dollars to go to the 9-11 museum down or I shouldn't say down up in the city. So as holiday season comes and you want to engage in different activities, like I know there's concerts and there's plays and who knows what else little things that happen around yeah. town eating out opportunities um mm-hmm. even speed dating you know <laughs> i know that's totally random but it's people do date during the holidays time mm-hmm. and groupon has like discounts on all of these things so if you know that you are trying to run a budget but you still want to have some fun definitely do not discount sites like groupon and even i use something called eventbrite it doesn't necessarily give you discounts but it lets you you know what's going on in your town or in areas near you and you can then go over to Groupon and see if there's any discounts going on quality yes yep so is there go use Groupon it's a free app if you haven't got downloaded it (laughs) okay do you have anything else you want to add Sammy are you ready to get along to our affirmations or words for the week We can move on to our affirmation. Okay. So what are you thinking about for this week? Um, I can go first if you would like. (laughs) Okay. Go ahead. So I have realized, like, guys, let me tell you. So I am very big on God. And if you don't believe in God, you know, that's fine. But I'm, I'm... 
me and God are here. So I'm like, God, <laughs> please send me a sign. Which all the God people are like, no, you don't ask God for a sign. But this is how I operate. This is how I work. And when I tell you that the signs were literally trying to bust my head wide open this weekend. Um, and then today I actually had like a revelation um, of like, oh my goodness, sometimes what you want can be right in your face, but Siobhan, like you block it. I block myself. I don't know if it's something that is subconscious. I don't know why I do it, but I just do it. It's bad. Um, so I realized that my word of affirmation probably for this month and the next couple of months is get out of your comfort zone and listen to the people that love you. Okay. Um, (laughs) they never, um, mean to hurt you or cause you harm. And again, I know that I am very fortunate because I have good people in my circle. And I feel like I was in a situation when I was like 18 or 19 and everybody was kind of telling me like, this is not what you want. You think this is what you want. Um, And I was like, no, no, I can handle it. But I feel like as a mature woman now, I know enough to know that, yes, experience is good, but you don't always have to go through that experience um, if multiple people are telling you that this is not what you need. And I just feel like that's what happened for me this weekend. Even people that don't even know what my situation is were kind of indirectly speaking to it and sometimes directly speaking to it. So I'm like, all right, God, I see what you're listening and like what you're saying. And it might not always be what you want to hear. And again, if you don't believe in God or or anything like that, but you're seeing things lining up, I am a strong believer that everything happens in our life for a reason. So I'm going to listen. So those are my words of wisdom for the week. That's that's pretty deep because yeah, that's a big deal. It's a big deal for you. So mine is kind of similar to yours, Siobhan. Um, this is by Josiah Gilbert Holland. It's a quote from him. There is no royal road to anything. One thing at a time all things in succession that which grows fast withers as rapidly that which grows slowly endures so Hmm. I take away from that you know there's no fast like everyone's looking for that fast track like that fast way to get to wherever you want to go like you want to skip the process and get straight to the end and that's just not how it works like you have to go through the process endure it and then you'll get your outcome that you want and that for me speaks to me because I'm always like oh I'm so sick of this I just want the money can I get the money (laughs) but it's like no you have to get the experience you have to get the you know all these different things so that you can you know increase your your background so you can get more money and it may not be the next promotion that you get the money you want but maybe the one after that but that's okay because by the time I get there I just have to really firmly believe that's the process that I needed to take and um, it was slow but I'm there now so yeah that's where that's where coming home from this trip that I took um, to see Siobhan I was just like talking to my mentor and we were just like oh my gosh we know my, my author mentor 
why can't we just be the next JK Rowling already? You know, (laughs) what Mm -hmm. is the problem? But we realize, you know, you have to go through the process. You have to do your, whatever your process is. Like we have to go through whatever we're going through to get to the end. And we may never be JK Rowling, but we definitely can be Rowling. Oh, you get the they see me rolling. They hate. <laughs> I'm such a hot mess when you said that. I was I'm so sorry. <laughs> Here's the bad part: is that I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Like I, she's gonna sing. I knew it. I even set it up so that you could do it. This song has come on so many times in like the last four days. So when you said that, that was just naturally the first thing that popped into my head. That used to be my ringtone on my flip phone back in like my freshman year of college. Uh, that and I'm in love with the stripper. I don't know if I did the whole ringtone thing. I did the worst thing. Side note. And then we're going to go. Seriously. I did this. I was the one who had the voicemail. With the music in the back, trying to sound sexy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I feel like that was a you thing. I me. feel like that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. I cannot. <laughs> trying to sound sexy. Got the, and I would change the music in the background depending on what my mood was. So if I was like breaking up with someone, it was like getting over you music. You know what I mean? And then I'd be like, hello, mm-hmm. yes. you reached me. You got me leaving my. I was trying to be so cool. I was like, okay, looking back at that, I was a full mess and not cool at all. <laughs> too, too funny. But all right, Sammy and all of our listeners out there, I am so happy that you have joined us and I'm sure that Sammy is too. We look forward to hearing you guys share your thoughts and feelings about what we've shared. Um, and Sam, what do you think? Are we going to share a few pictures and whatnot on the page from this Absolutely. weekend? Absolutely. Okay. So that's something for everyone to look forward to. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you next week. Next Wednesday. Hey guys, just a reminder that Sam and I are sharing these things with you because we believe in them, we actually use them, and we're letting you know what we think works for us. We are not paid or sponsored to use or recommend any of the items that we talk about during the podcast, and we will always link to everything that we talk about in the show notes on our Facebook page, where you can find us at the Noir Professionals at Facebook and at Instagram, or you can email us at the Noir Professionals at gmail.com.